This is the Cliff Yates Show. Personal growth, motivation, inspiration, and philosophies for a great life. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast, and I'm glad you're here. We are recording today from the Beachside Studios here in Central Florida, and today we're going to talk about psycho-cybernetics and the self-image. I'm rereading a book now, probably for the fourth or fifth time, called Psycho-Cybernetics, and it was written in 1960 by Dr. Maxwell Maltz. Dr. Maltz was a plastic surgeon, and from some of his operations, he started turning his interest into psychology and the self-image and the effect that had on people's behavior and their goal setting and their goal achievement and life fulfillment. He did some surgeries, plastic surgeries, and he had one patient, and uh, the one patient was an attorney, and they had a scar. And that attorney became very self-conscious about the scar, started drinking heavily, was very self-conscious about his appearance, felt he could no longer perform in the courtroom. He thought people were making fun of him. He was uh, making a lot of this up in his head because of the way he felt that people were looking at his scar. And after Dr. Maxwell Maltz fixed his scar through plastic surgery and it was no longer there, he immediately changed. He stopped drinking. He became a uh, very successful attorney. He became joyous for the rest of his life. And that's how he reacted once that physical scar had been removed and or repaired. And then he had other patients who would have a scar or disfigurement and they would come to him and he would perform the surgery and fix their scars and there was no change in personality. They felt the same. He would tell them, your scar is gone. You're back to your normal, beautiful self. And they would tell him, well, I don't feel any different. I still feel like I have the scar. They remained depressed. They remained in the mental state that they were when they had the scar, even though it was no longer there, it was no longer visible. And they, Dr. Maxwell Maltz, came to understand that these people had psychological scars. They had internal scars that had nothing to do with the, the outward physical scars that he had repaired. And because of the disparaging results that he was getting, he became fascinated in psychology and he turned his study to psychology. And the results were this book called Psycho-Cybernetics. And cybernetics itself really means, and it, and it came from a mechanical side of things, although it can be attributed to a human psyche kind of thing, of a self-directed autopilot mechanism. The type that you might have on a boat or a sailboat where you would set a destination and it would automatically steer the course to that destination. And I'll read some from the book. I found most of my answers in the new science of cybernetics, which restored teleology as a respectable concept in science. It is rather strange that the new science of cybernetics grew out of the work of physicists and mathematicians rather than of psychologists, especially when it understood that cybernetics has to do with teleology, the goal-striving, goal-oriented behavior of mechanical systems, and we are goal-striving, goal 
oriented machines. And that's how we are made up. And, and Dr. Maltz came to understand this. And that was really the basis of his work in this book. We are, I'll use a metaphor like a bicycle. A bicycle is, a bicycle is most steady, right? When it's moving forward. The faster a bicycle goes or a motor, motorcycle goes, the more steady it is, the more upright it wants to be. And we're the same way. We feel most steady and fulfilled when we are moving forward towards, when we're making progress towards a worthy goal that we have in our head. And so that really is the basis of his work in psycho-cybernetics. So cybernetics is a mechanical autopilot type of system. And he attributed that, and he put that together with the psyche, how we think, the images and the dominating thoughts that we put in our minds that makes us continuously correcting course towards a worthy goal that we've set for ourselves. And so he named the book Psycho-Cybernetics, and it's still very popular today. Uh, Dr. Maltz has since passed away, but there is a Psycho-Cybernetics Foundation that was bought by Matt Fury, a wrestler, and he continues to certify people and sell products uh, relating to psycho-cybernetics. I'll, I'll go back to the book. The new science of cybernetics made possible an important breakthrough in psychology. I myself take no credit. He took no credit for the breakthrough other than he recognized it for what it was. The fact that this breakthrough came from the work of physicists and mathematicians should not surprise us. Any breakthrough in science is likely to come from outside the system. Experts are the most thoroughly familiar with the developed knowledge inside the prescribed boundaries of a given science. Any new knowledge must usually come from outside, not from the experts, but from what someone has defined as an input. And so Maxwell Maltz came to this psycho-cybernetics from outside the psychology field. And he gives examples here. Pasteur was not an MD. The Wright brothers were not aeronautical engineers, but bicycle mechanics. Einstein, properly speaking, was not a physicist, but a mathematician. Yet his findings in mathematics completely turned upside down all the pet theories in physics. Madame Curie was not an MD, but a physicist, yet she made important contributions to medical science. Maltz writes in the book that he, he attempted not only to inform the reader of this new knowledge from the field of cybernetics, but also to demonstrate how you can use it in your own life to achieve goals that are important to you. Once you tell your, your mind, this is very important to me, this is something that I really want, and you, you attach strong emotions to to a dominant desire that you have, your mind will start working like a cybernetic machine and pointing you in that direction. I use the metaphor of the sailboat again. As long as we set a destination, before we get there, we're probably, most of the time, we're off course. We constantly have to make corrections to get back on course to get to where we want to go. So most of the time, we're wrong. And when we're going towards a goal, we may be most of the time failing. But 
failing is not stopping us from achieving what we have set out to do. We are going to make it on our destination. If we just keep it as a dominating thought in our mind, we will have activated our success mechanism internally in our brain that will get us to where we want to go and what we're trying to achieve and things will start happening where we will say, isn't that a coincidence? And it's not. So let me go right back to the book here. Self-image psychology has not only been proven on its own merits, but it explains many phenomena that have long been known but not properly understood in the past. For example, there is today irrefutable clinical evidence in the fields of individual psychology, psychosomatic medicine, and industrial psychology that there are success-type personalities and failure-type personalities, happiness-prone personalities and unhappiness-prone personalities, health-prone personalities and disease-prone personalities. Self-image psychology throws new light on these and many other observable facts of life. Positive thinking does indeed work when it is consistent with the individual self-image. It literally cannot work when it is an, when it is inconsistent with the self-image until the self-image itself has been changed. And we can change it. Our brain, where they have discovered neuroplasticity. Our brains are malleable. We can change the way we think, the way we behave, and thus we can change our self-image. We don't need to change our self. Our self will remain pretty much what it is. It's when we get a more correct self-image, when we unleash our true self through changing our self-image, that great things are going to happen. When we realize that we are a child of God and that everybody else is too, it's going to change how we relate to everybody else. Great things are going to happen for both of us. Let's get back to the book here, Psycho-Cybernetics. And uh, get over to YouTube if you're not watching and or listening on YouTube. And I'll put a link. It'll be an affiliate link so you can get the book, Psycho-Cybernetics. The science of cybernetics does not tell us that man is a machine, but that man has and uses a machine. Moreover, it tells us how that machine functions and how it can exp- The science of cybernetics does not tell us that man is a machine, but that man has and uses a machine. Moreover, it tells us how that machine functions and how it can be used. The self-image is changed, for better or worse, not by intellect alone or by intellectual knowledge alone, but by experiencing. Wittingly or unwittingly, you develop your self-image by your creative experiencing in the past. You can change it by the same method. It is not the child who is taught about love, but the child who has experienced love that grows into a healthy, happy, well-adjusted child. Our present state of self-confidence and poise is the result of what we have experienced rather than what we have learned intellectually. Then he goes into how science discovers synthetic experience. This is very, this is important for us in changing our self-image or getting, unleashing our true 
true self through our self-image. Another discovery, this time in the field of experimental and clinical psychology, enables us to use experiencing as a direct and controlled method of changing the self-image. Actual, real-life experience can be a hard and ruthless teacher. Throw a man in water over his head and experience may teach him to swim. The same experience may cause another man to drown. Now, listen, this, the dilemma was solved by another important discovery that for all practical purposes allows us to synthesize experience, to literally create experience and control it in the laboratory of our minds. Both experimental and clinical psychology have proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that the human nervous system cannot tell the difference between an actual experience and an experience imagined vividly and in detail. What I thought was fascinating that they had prisoners of war that recounted year after year being in prison and they would actually imagine in their mind, in the theater of their mind, they would play a golf game, 18 holes of golf in great detail every day. They would take their clubs in their mind, take out their driver, put the ball on a tee, and they would visualize themselves and they would experience themselves first person actually swinging the golf club and they would see this in vivid color. They would hear the sounds and they would do this day after day. And several of these inmates who were in these prison camps for two, three, five years, came back home to the United States and they, the first time they hit the golf course, they had the lowest scores they had ever shot before. Even though they hadn't touched a real golf club in five years, but they played golf in their minds every day in the prisons and they improved their golf game. Their mind could not tell the difference between that detailed imagination of playing around and actually playing the round. And that goes to what Dr. Maltz is saying here about creating experiences that are synthetic. They're not actually real, that we can, in the theater of our mind, that we can create these and help us to create experiences so that we can move forward in attaining great goals, changing our self-image, and putting us on the path to great achievement and life fulfillment. So we're going to come back to this book, Psycho-Cybernetics. It's fascinating how important the self-image is and how we view ourselves and how we can change that. So let's make this part one of Psycho-Cybernetics and the self-image. And we're going to come back to this and we'll go to part two. And if you liked this and think somebody else might benefit from it, please share it, leave a comment, and uh, we will do part two of Psycho-Cybernetics and the Self-Image from the book Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz. Thanks for checking in, everybody. It's Cliff Yates' show. We're here at the Beachside Studios.